0: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, Places, events, companies, and so forth that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Old Ways Podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle Shards of San Francisco. I'm your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and tonight we are bringing you a very special look at our favorite Salubri and what she might be up to while everyone else is engaged in shenanigans across San Francisco. Before we get started, I'd like to thank all of our listeners and especially all of our Patreon backers for all of your support. We literally could not do this without you. And if you would like to join our Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast, where you also find some additional treats and delights featuring our favorite vampires. And now let's
1: uh, introduce our favorite Salubri, who is joining us for this evening. Hello, hello. My name is Bridget and I am playing Monica West of Clan Salubri. We're scared.
0: I'm I'm sure you have nothing to worry about in this uh, episode. So let's uh, get into what Monica is up to because everyone else is kind of off doing their own thing. You have no idea what's going on. You picked up uh, Annalise and dropped her in the car, headed off to your original home, the original Mackay Gardens, out of the territory now that, well, there is no territory really. It's becoming a united San Francisco, Allegedly. And so you have arrived at the old Mackay Gardens with Annalise, parked your car in the parking garage as usual, or the old usual from months ago. You look across the street, you can see your neighbor in front of the window, topless as usual. So that feeling of normalcy is starting to come back a little bit. The lights are off, everything's been cleaned out of the old Mackay Gardens as you go through towards the steps to your apartment, but there's still some chairs here and there, some plants that are left on the walls that couldn't be moved. You still own this part of the building, so it's not quite an empty husk, but it's a very stark reminder of everything you've been through over the last few months. Yeah. And... Annalise is still clutching her doll, and she just looks around and says, Interesting.
1: I'm not going to dive into what you mean by that one. Here, hold this. And Monica is going to pick up like a little small potted, I don't know, mother-in-law's tongue and just stick it in her hands. Like, come on, we need to head upstairs.
0: Okay. She takes the plant with her, you know, vampire strength, even in the body of an eight-year-old. And she's still clutching the doll very tightly with the doll with this broken face. That still somehow seems to be looking around with her. It's a little, little creepy, but so is she. So you Hashtag lead facts. her up the you lead her up the stairs, and you get a an incoming text alert on your phone.
1: Yes, as she's pulling out her cell phone, I think she's going to stop for a second and look at that doll and look at Annalise, like, "Hey, does she have a name?" I
0: don't
1: think I've ever asked.
0: Do you really want to know? Nobody's ever asked me that before.
1: Well, I'm asking you now. What's her name? Her name is Annika. With an A or no? With an A. That's pretty. Okay. You just go that way for a second and she's going to pull out her cell phone.
0: So you pull out your cell phone and there's a text message from Chase, which you were kind of expecting, considering you contacted him and said you were going to do something stupid.
1: Uh, That's, you know, that's, 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 that's accurate.
0: Yes. And you just have a text message saying, Don't do anything too stupid. Be there in 15.
1: And she is going to respond with like the prayer hand emoji, probably the shy emoji, and then a series of XOs, XOs.
0: There's no response, but you imagine it's because he's driving. And, well, at least it's maybe reassuring to know that Chase is going to be here. Yeah. going to do what you're attempting
1: to do completely on your own? Maybe? Hopefully. No, him being here will be uplifting no matter what. She'll make him help.
0: He did tell you when you told him what you were planning to do that he would watch but he would not assist. Which, considering the Tremere trauma is perhaps understandable.
1: Yeah. No, she sees that and she recognizes that. It's just that she hasn't quite accepted that yet we'll see what happens when he gets here
0: yes how are you preparing this space for the let's say spiritual healing
1: well I guess my reverse question is I know you said Makai Gardens we had you know, relocated a lot of the the merchandise um shelving and things and not, uh things of that nature from the actual venue itself as far as her apartment is it still intact? I can't imagine that they moved their stuff from this apartment over to that house that was already furnished. So is the apartment more or less still intact?
0: Yeah, the, the apartment is more or less the way you left it, uh,
1: except you had your
0: coffins carried over okay. to the new place because you've been sleeping in those for quite some time and it just didn't feel right without them. You need okay. Chase decided you needed some something normal, so he had them brought over once you moved into the territory. Otherwise, all your furniture, everything is here just how you left it.
1: So if Chase is going to be here in 15 minutes, I think her just immediate priority is because she hasn't showered since the party at Makai Gardens too. So I think it's just going to be closing all the curtains, getting everything locked down the best she can, getting Annalise and Annika seated. And then she's just going to hop in the shower and probably change into something that she knows she can dispose of easily. Cause she's probably going to be weeping all over it here in the next hour or so. So, Uh, like oversized sweatshirts, sweatpants, things of that nature. Now, as far as the ritual itself, because Bridget is kind of going in blind about what's going to happen, what would she know that needs to be done as far as like environmental preparing? So you don't actually know a whole lot because this isn't
0: something you've done before. It is a very powerful salubri skill, which... You assume by now you have the skills to try and carry out after working on your physical healing and just the calming you've been able to do with people and what Chase has told you, which is not a whole lot, which is normal. As far as you're aware, you know that you need a quiet dark space. You know that you need something comfortable for Annalise to be sitting in. Because if you are able to draw her soul out of her body, she essentially becomes a shell. It's just her body. And so she's going to need to be sitting in something comfortable so she doesn't fall over. And doesn't accidentally break anything, cause any injuries. And also where she can be commanded to eat, etc. Whatever... Needs to be done depending on how long this takes. Uh, You also know that you need to be comfortable. And that you need a space for Chase to sit where he can see everything that's happening in case something goes horribly, horribly wrong.
1: Okay. So with that understanding and Monica being as neurotic as she can be, she probably goes through two or three different configurations trying to figure out the best seating, the best way to apply cushions. I'll sit in this chair. You'll sit in this. Nope, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I think what she's finally going to commit to is to section off one of those big, plush purple, oversized chairs that she has that she and Chase um, used to curl up into a lot, whether they were reading or listening to music and talking. And I think she is actually going to get on the ground with Annalise, with just like pulling uh, that mattress off the bed and putting it on the ground where she's actually on the ground with her. So versus going across, as you would almost see in like uh, an administrative way or even a um, therapy interaction way, I think she's just gonna be on the ground with her in much more of a Molly coddling maternal type of way. Okay, Annalise, this isn't gonna be an easy conversation. Um, Actually, a much harder conversation is coming later, but at least for now, I think this will go smoother. If you're full, are you hungry right now? I ate at the party. Okay, so you're okay? I think so. Okay. Okay. Any reservations?
0: Well, I don't really know exactly what it is you're trying to do. Mom said that there were a lot of weird things that you can do, but I don't really know what that means. I know you can fix things, but
1: what exactly are you doing? I think she's going to pause for a minute because the first thought that came through Monica's head is, I have no fucking idea. Uh, But she's not going to articulate that to an (laughs) eight-year-old, at least not today. When your clan led this propaganda campaign against ours, they called us soul snatchers. Salubri have an ability to literally disconnect your soul from your body and pull it into ours. And once we have it, we can make necessary repairs feel so, I don't know, uncomfortable when we say it, but we can heal the soul. There's a chance I may be able to remove this aura that you have so you'll be able to interact with others. There's a chance that I can patch up some of the grief that you're feeling, some of the trauma that you're cycling through. There's a chance that I could help. There's a chance that I could help improve your humanity, but I've just, I've never done it before. Chase is en route. He should be here soon. He should be able to coach or guide. But if I'm successful, if we are successful, this is a, this is a team effort. From what I understand, if you don't consent to this, this could be really problematic for me. So if at any point you don't want to do this, that's something I'm going to respect. Um, Not only in honor of your own agency, but also it could possibly kill me. We're going to see if we can connect you back to who you are. Interesting. She
0: cocks her head and looks at you with those very old eyes out of this eight-year-old's face. I just want to be normal. Well, as normal as you can get when you're
1: eternally eight. Yeah, you were put into a pretty unfair situation out of the gate, honey. I can't promise you normalcy, but I can... If we're successful, I can get you pretty close. I think. I hope.
0: She clutches Annika the doll a little bit closer, and she says, It requires a lot of trust. On both parts. Well, I don't really have much else going for me, if I'm completely honest. Mom's gone. I'm Not really accepted with the rest of the clan because, well, potential masquerade breach, you know, being eight. And all the unsettling aura things with dogs, small children, cats. Even spiders don't like me. It's very sad. Spiders like ghosts and they don't like me. It's very strange and I don't like it. But just know, I am still 400. I do have a lot of power. So I'm going to trust you to try things but if I feel like you're doing something wrong intentionally, well, it won't go very well.
1: I actually appreciate your transparency on that one. That actually makes me feel better. She shrugs. Technically, we're both adults. Yeah, technically. I think the vote's still out on both of those. I don't know what's going to happen when I pull you into me, but if you can bring any of that 400-year-old power with you, maybe you can aid in the support of this effort i don't know i don't know what's going to happen when i pull you in
0: i'm not going to be what was the word unwilling so but i don't know what else i can do without magic and blood and it's kind of really all we do and she just kind of waves her hands in like a woo-woo sort of thing that's okay
1: Before we were nearly exterminated, I think this is what we were supposed to do. You do understand I'm risking my life in this effort, right? Like, I could die trying to... I could die... Oh, God, I could actually die trying to do this. But for whatever reason, you feel like... For whatever reason, you're worth it. So here we are. I could die, too.
0: I think maybe the difference is after 400 years, you sometimes become more okay with that possibility. Unless you're mom in which case you just want to be old forever.
1: Well if we're both still around when I hit 400 I'll let you know.
0: You I'll be like 700 but okay. She shudders a little bit. Yeah, I know getting old sucks for everyone babe. And at this moment you hear footsteps on the
1: stairs. Okay. Uh, she will spring to her feet. Uh, And she will run to go meet him at the door.
0: You open the door and Chase is standing there. He's wearing his suit. The nice second suit that he changed into after your wild night at the opening. It's a very neat dark gray with eggplant purple sort of shirt and pocket square. And he's got his hands in his pockets And he looks at Annalise, who stares back. And then he looks at you, and he shakes his head. Are you sure you want to do this for her?
1: I think she's just going to bite her bottom lip and shake her head, yes. He sighs. Well,
0: it's not like I can tell you no.
1: Oh, I think she's just going to collapse at that moment and hug him. She didn't know what she was actually expecting from Chase in this particular moment.
0: Now I need you to understand... As he just kind of pulls you in for a hug, he leans in and he whispers into your ear, This is very dangerous, even for those of us who have done it many times. I understand.
1: I'm so grateful that you're here.
0: And you need to hold on to who you are. Because you can get lost in the one you draw in. Okay. Okay still can't believe you're using our special powers on a fucking Tremere.
1: You know, if we're being really honest, I honestly can't either. I just... (sighs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And thank you for supporting me in this. Well, I can't let you go
0: off doing crazy things on your own. And he just sort of strokes your chin with his thumb. Not after last night.
1: And she smiles. I think she's going to uh, wrap either of her hands on the inside of his, like, um, his jacket. She's going to say to him, and tomorrow, if this goes wrong, you're going to have to kill her. Oh, I know. Why do you think I'm here? She nods, and I think she's just going to knock her head back into his chest and hug him again.
0: He hugs you for a moment, and then there's an awkward sort of throat clearing from Annalise. <clears throat> this is very nice and all, but it's also very awkward.
1: I think Monica finds that as funny as Bridget does. I, I, don't, I Just with the stress and attention so high, I think she's just gonna have to she's gonna have to chuckle and turn around. Yeah, I think awkward is definitely the word
0: of the day, sweetie. Okay. She's still looking at Chase. She's got her head tilted. You're one of the old ones. That's interesting. And she doesn't say anything else. She just turns back to Monica. Starts playing with the doll's hair
1: what's Chase's facial expression body read at that
0: his left eyebrow just kind of goes all the way up towards his hairline
1: okay she'll file that into the bin of things she should be asking but probably never will okay got it
0: if we're going to do this and by we I mean you Monica because I will not be involved other than to stop it if it goes wrong And he's making eye contact with Annalise, who keeps looking up under her eyelashes whenever she's not playing with the doll's hair. This is not something I would advise. Well, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate it. I would not advise it either. But here we are.
1: She murmurs in Chamorro, one big happy family already. And she's going to go and seat herself on this mattress on the floor. Chase settles
0: himself into a wicker chair in the corner. And he he does that thing where he just sort of steeples his fingers, and he's looking over them at you. And it's a very neutral sort of expression. And it's always the expression you get from him when he knows you're about to do something stupid but he's going to let you do it anyway because you have to learn somehow and he says I'll keep watch at least you'll have someone protecting the room glad you didn't try to do it on your own without protection anyone could break in
1: I think she's just going to look down on that one Because she knows that she sent a very passive-aggressive, non-inviting text to get him here. So I think she's just going to be like, yep, he saw through that bullshit, I guess.
0: He just sort of says yes, as if he knows what you're thinking. Annalise clutches the doll a little bit closer. And she's looking at you with those big blue eyes. I don't know what you're going to see in there. I kind of forgot we had anything, to be honest. Until... Well, we found out Luther was a ghost. I guess that means we've
1: got something. I guess we're going to find out soon. You know, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to see when you come into me. I don't know if this is a one-way mirror or if it's reflective on both ways. I guess we'll find out.
0: It'll make an interesting paper if we both get out of it.
1: Yep, we'll talk about that afterwards too. Do you have any questions? Any that either myself or Chase can answer before we get started?
0: Is it okay to be here with him?
1: Yeah. He wouldn't hurt me. And by proxy, he wouldn't hurt you. As long as I'm here, at least.
0: Okay. She tilts her head and looks at him and says, If you're sure. Old traumas. Yeah. We can see them in the aura. And you
1: see Chase actually flinches slightly. Mm, that's not great. Okay. I think we're almost ready to get started. And I think just it's viper fast. It's super quick. She is going to snatch Annalise with every drop of maternal affection and just pull her in and hug her. I mean, this is literally like snatching up this entire child as quickly as she can before she can resist, turn away. And just bringing her into her own you know, chest and abdomen and just giving her the most encouraging yet simultaneously terrified hug that she can And she's going to whisper in her ears, like, I promise I'll do the best I can. I think you will.
0: I see your aura. It looks good.
1: And I think she's going to pull her back and put, you know, either hand on either side of her face. Um, And she's just going to, like, kiss her square on the nose. I'll see you on the other side, okay? Here's looking at you, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Monica shoves her back at that one. That's ridiculous. Damn children. Literally, she just shoves her back. <laughs> it's playful, it's adoring, but she definitely shoves her. And
0: Annalise just crosses her legs and she holds the doll very tightly.
1: And she looks directly into your third eye. Well, someone's already geared up. I think she's going to look over her shoulder at Chase one last time. You sure that you want to be here?
0: No. No. But I am sure I don't want you getting staked by a hunter while dealing with all of this. I don't want the child taking control. So here I
1: am. Monica's just going to stare at him for a beat. Or you could just say that you love me.
0: Really? Here? You don't want some grand romantic gesture for that kind of language?
1: I think she's just going to smile because at least she has him dialed back from the flinch. She looks satisfied and pleased with herself. She's just going to throw him a wink. And she says, it's fine. I already know. And she's going to turn her back and face Annalise. So you turn back to Annalise and you
0: start sort of calming yourself and centering yourself the way you do when you're doing a particularly difficult healing. There was a really terrible traffic accident a few years back that you were called to as a paramedic. And you were the first one on the scene. No one else was there yet. A An 18-year-old had gotten wrapped around a tree, essentially, mm. driving his parents' car. And he was somehow still breathing, but he was twisted around in ways that a human body should not be able to do. And his spine was shattered. And... Being the only one there, you saw an opportunity, and you took it. And it required a lot of energy, a lot of focus, and a lot of centering. And that's kind of what it feels like now, only ten times worse, maybe a hundred. Because the danger to you here is a lot more than it was at that traffic accident. So... To begin this process, I'm going to need two Rouse Checks from you.
1: Rouse Check failed on the first one.
0: So you're trying to Rouse your blood to begin this process, but it's not working. You're focusing all of your energies on your blood, on your Vitae, on your healing power, But something in you is scared. And that's inhibiting you.
1: That would make sense because she is terrified. I think she's going to stop for a moment and just stop trying to rouse the blood at all. Uh, She's going to pull her knees to her chest. Uh, She's going to wrap her arms around her shin. And she's going to have a very direct conversation with that third eye. Because more likely than not, that's probably what's holding her back.
0: The voice In the back of your head, which in your human life you called your conscience, and now you call your third eye intuition, is just sort of muttering in the background, You shouldn't be doing this. It's not safe
1: for a fucking Tremere. Are you fucking kidding me? Why are we doing this? It's a Tremere that's addicted to me. She's not... Her options right now are this... Or we put her down. You think we'll really be able to survive putting her down? Chase could. The look she's giving back to the third eye is the look the third eye gives to most people on most days. I don't want to put him in that position. We're doing this. And the more you resist me, the weaker I'm going to be. I need us side by side going into this, please.
0: Fine, fine. But you have to protect us. We have to protect us.
1: For what it's worth, I'm really scared, too. As you're sitting there
0: mentally conversing with your third eye, you feel a hand on your shoulder. And you feel cold flesh against your face. And you just hear a whisper in your ear. Drink. And she'll feed. Chase has done this for you before, but not since you were a fairly young salubri still learning to use the power of your blood. You would try to fix something. You started with cats, puppy dogs, the small birds you'd find that crashed into windows. And you'd get really frustrated when it didn't work the first time. And he would come and sit next to you and he would open up a vein and tell you to take some of his power. So without even opening your eyes, your teeth, your fangs sink into his wrist, and you feel that familiarity, the warmth of his Vitae coursing through you, and I'm going to allow you to re-roll. Failed again. So, you try. Your third eye opens, your teeth are still soaking up Chase's blood... But Annalise is looking directly back at that third eye with those big blue childlike eyes of hers. And it's just it's not enough. It's not
1: enough. There's no way Monica can't interpret that as she's not enough. I think her eyes are gonna spring open. Um she's gonna yank Chase's wrist out of her mouth. What what is it? What am I not doing? What am I not connecting with? It's
0: a very powerful ritual. Monica, you just might not be ready. That's not an option. Chase, I have to be ready. We have to do this. This is important to you, isn't it?
1: I don't think she responds as much as just the heartbroken, determined look on her face.
0: He sighs. I'm going to make a roll for him.
1: Oh, God. Here we go.
0: And he kneels down, his third eye is looking directly into yours. And he says, and you can't tell if it's half joking or not, but he says, you owe me. And he sits down cross-legged next to you. And with one well-manicured nail, cuts open your wrist. And he holds his bleeding wrist up against yours. And he closes his regular eyes, leaving the third eye open. And I'm going to make browse checks for him. Okay, we got a pass on the first one.
1: Thank God.
0: And we got a 10 on the second one, which I'm going to say counts for two, which is good because he needed three. So since he's connecting to you. And you feel the energy between the two of you. It's stronger than you've ever felt it. Maybe it's because you finally, finally released all of that sexual tension after 90 years. But you can feel it humming, almost. And it's like your third eye is in harmony with his. Mm. And you can feel him letting go, maybe just for a moment, of some of that below-the-surface rage you've sensed over the past few nights. And you hear him say, You're still taking her, though. And there's a hum of energy in the room, and you can see Annalise shake a little bit. Her eyes flutter. So I'm going to have you roll Resolve plus Obia. And Chase is going to make the same roll, because he's assisting you. And you really are going to owe him big time if you both get out of this. Okay.
1: One success? Luckily, Chase has six. Holy shit. Talk about it being carried by her sire right now. Okay.
0: So added to your two, that's eight total successes here. Okay. You can feel the channeling of his power. And in this connection you suddenly realize just how old he is. The strength of his will and his resolve are so much more powerful than you had any reason to expect before. You get a sense from him of walking by night across deserts, taking shelter in mountains, of years and years alone and it's hard to not lose yourself in that feeling but he grips your hand and says focus and your third eye turns towards Annalise and you can see there's this sort of bluish grey shimmer around her body and her big blue eyes are getting bigger The irises are expanding, and then the pupils expand until they take up the whole eye. And now you kind of understand the old saying that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Because out of those empty black holes, you start to see these wisps of bluish gray emerging and shimmering. And you can feel this magnetic draw, almost, between you and Chase, as it's drawing Annalise's soul towards you. And you see just sort of the shape of this child, this 400-year-old child in the mist. And it starts floating towards Chase, like it's being drawn there, and that third eye immediately shuts
1: Uh, She's immediately going to instruct her as taker.
0: And you reach out with your third eye, inviting Annalise in, and you feel her seeping into you. You feel that cold pulling into your third eye, and you feel it suffusing your body. This is the coldest you've ever been. It's colder than even when you were dying before Chase saved you. It's like being trapped in a glacier. And and the world goes hazy. And you find yourself sitting in a small room. The big table Your feet barely touch the ground in this big wooden chair. And there's your mama holding the hand of a tall man with dark hair and pale, pale skin. And mama kneels down next to you and she says, This is your new papa. He's going to take care of us. We're going to be okay. And you're looking up at this man, and he scares you, and you don't know why. And you start crying that you want your papa. And Mama says, He's, He can't come back, honey. He's in heaven. And you just see a slight smile from this tall man with the dark hair. And she takes his hand, and they walk out of the room, and you hear her say, Don't worry, Henrik. She'll come around. And you clutch your doll closer, the last present Papa gave you before he died, before he drowned at sea. And then it's kind of a blur. Mama becomes cold. You don't see her much. You go to school. You come back. And she's taking naps. She's asleep. She's not directing the servants or helping out with Henrik's mill that he supposedly owns. She's so beautiful, but she's so cold. And you try clinging to her knees the way you did when you were smaller, and she just sort of gently pushes you away and says, it's, You're going to have to grow up, honey gonna have to grow up don't worry we're making things better one day you'll understand and then suddenly you're so hot you're burning you're thrashing around in bed the oil lamps are casting heavy smoke in the room candles are lit but they barely give enough light you're so hot you're burning up and you're calling for your papa and your mom your mother is sitting there holding your hand clutching it so tightly you feel like your bones are going to break And she says I can't lose you too I can't lose you too Annalise no and that man behind her in the shadows Henrik you can't bear to call him papa and he he says we can't She's too young. We can't do this, Phoebe. And then everything gets hotter. and You can't bear to have the sheets wrapped around you anymore and you don't know how long it's been. And then you see Mama leaning over you. Her eyes are big and blue like yours. And she just says, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I love you too much. And there's a sudden sharp pain in your neck, and you get so hot, you feel like you're going to explode, and then you wake up, and it's cold, and it's dark, and the candles have gone out, and you're so hungry, and no one's here, and everything kind of goes red, and when you come to yourself, it's because you hear Mama screaming. And it's, you're standing over the stable boy, Pieter. And his throat has been ripped out. And there's blood on your face, all over your little dress, your hands. But you feel so good. And your mama's saying, no, I didn't want it like this. Not like this. And Henrik appears behind her and says shouldn't have done that Phoebe you really shouldn't have and then you find yourself Monica again in spirit looking at this flickering form of Annalise's soul within your third eye It's sort of shifting and shimmering but you see this dark red aura around it now is it anger what is that
1: I think it's going to take a second for Monica to even process all of that output that just hit her. That was, that was a lot of high emotions. Uh, that was a lot of trauma. That was a lot of isolation and abandonment that was guised up as love. And then let's also be truthful. Despite everything she just experienced, Monica still can't get the smell of sand or mountain out of her nostrils and the I don't know, that deep, harrowing feeling of Chase being alone for as long as he was. And she's she has too many tabs open right now. And I think the one thing she needs to focus on is what Chase warned her and advised her to do is make sure you remember who you are. So I think, and Reena, I don't know what you have envisioned, at least for a scene like this, but the things that Monica is able to pull out of those moments, she's going to attempt to reverse address them um, with experiences of her own. One of the things that I wrote down was like, fear of rejection, um, separation from mom, if that's something that she can counter with not only just the love that she has, but also the love and the companionship that she felt with her mother. And then also transferring that over to, let's be honest, the love and companionship that Monica actually feels towards Annalise right now.
0: So as you're building up this rapport, you're trying to channel your emotions, essentially, into Annalise. I would like a roll from you here. And I think... I think we're going to go with Cloud Memory, which is under Dominate. So I want you to give me Resolve plus Dominate. As essentially you're you're attempting to shape her... connections to these memories... Okay.
1: Yeah, she's healing through affections and her own previous experiences. Beastial skill failure.
0: So what is the memory that you try to connect Annalise to? This memory of you and your mother?
1: This is me just talking out loud. She was going through a mom that was dealing with some form of transition, depression. She was feeling rejected monica would probably counter that with things that are culturally grounding experience based and something with a high scent perception so that would probably put monica somewhere in cooking let's do a cooking memory so something something at home when she was a child with her two younger siblings and it's probably going to be a cooking memory of her in this like little small kitchen with a wood-burning stove, dicing tomatoes and preparing fish and cooking with her mother. That is something that has strong scent and cooking experiences Are some of those that get really honed into people. It sticks with them for a long time. Uh, so I think she's going to tie into just the laughter in the kitchen and a mother's feeling of pride and joy of sharing part of her culture with her children. Uh, and the children carrying that on, that sense of legacy, of belonging, of, hey, this is what, you know, a core family looks like. So yeah, cooking memory from her as a child.
0: So you try to manifest this memory of being back with your mother on Guam, with your family, this cooking, these, these scents and smells. But as a salubri, when you experience in technical terms a bestial failure when you're (laughs) attempting to rouse some of your power and the beast comes a little too close. You experience effective empathy. This is your compulsion. And so as you're trying to manifest this memory, you can almost smell the scent of the stew in the air inside this space and you're trying to connect it to Annalise but that ghostly hand reaches out as if to touch this memory that you're manifesting and you find yourself again in this tiny body running holding mom's hand it's who knows what year it is She's saying, we have to go. Someone saw you. We have to go. You're not safe here. And you you hear yourself saying, clutching your doll tighter and tighter, the one thing you've kept all this time. Mama, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't leave the house. Like you said, I stayed inside with the books and and... I don't know how anybody saw me," she said, "It's not your fault, baby. It's not your fault, but we've got to go. We're going to take a ship, okay? I've got I've got passage for us. We're we're going to go going to go to America, okay? It'll be a new place. There's more people like us starting out there, and it'll be it'll be okay. And she pauses for a split second. To look at you and... She grips you tightly. So tightly. The the, the vampires here, they're... They're stuck in tradition. They're, they can't accept someone like you. Because you're different. But we'll find a place for you. I can't lose you. And you're running again. And there's the smell of the sea and there's long nights. It feels like forever to you is passing. You're in the colonies. There's an enclave. You go west on a train. After years, you find yourself in San Francisco, the budding new city connected by the railroad and all these sights and smells so different and it's so new and Mama even lets you go out sometimes at night because there's others here too but she tells you you have to be careful and one night it's too much she forgot to bring you someone and you just you can't it'll be fine you've hunted before with Mama but it'll be okay and Mama's off at a meeting somewhere. You don't know what she does. She doesn't like to talk about what she does. And you sneak out, clutching Annika. She's got a few cracks. You've had to replace her clothes. You've made them yourself. But she's stayed with you this whole time. And You go creeping along the streets, hiding in the shadows as she taught you. Small dogs run away from you. They've only started doing that recently. It makes you sad. But you see, there's a beautiful woman. She's wearing these skirts that are pulled up above her knees with these long stockings and feathers in her hair. I've never seen anyone like her. And you can't help yourself as you launch at her because she's just so beautiful and she tastes so good there's whiskey in her blood and when you come to yourself covered in her blood her body laying in the street you look down at her and you feel a bit sad for a moment and then you realize You're never going to be like her. You're never going to grow old. You'll never get to dance. Go out. Be so very alive. And you take off running in fury and rage. And when your mama finally finds you and brings you home, you don't know how many you've killed. Annika's face is broken. Somehow. Large pieces of porcelain missing. One eye just staring back at you. Blood splattered on her clothes. And Mama says, I can't let you go anywhere from now on. You're too dangerous. And you feel yourself retreat. Something inside you pulls away and hides until you forget it was there
1: poor Monica and actually poor Annalise so Monica's impressions of this particular memory high feelings of blame shame persecution, running hiding, anger extreme, extreme heavy amounts of grief and helplessness and I think Tying into that bestial failure that she just rolled and Monica's own frustration that she's not making the headway that she needs to be doing. I think she's going to I think she's gonna fall into the bestial fa uh the bestial failure versus moving forward with these empathic memories that she's trying to encourage or support or heal or celebrate or cherish or Molly Coddle. I think she's just gonna go dark. I think she's just gonna backpedal either because she thinks that might be effective or that's just where her bestial failure is going to lead her. So going into the hiding, I think what she's going to attempt to do is to pull Annalise into a memory inside of one of those camps where Monica was being pursued. The guards were looking for her. They were calling for her, And she knew what would happen if she were found. They had pulled her out, dragged her out, snuffed her out of all of her usual hiding spots. So she had to get creative in a clutch at a moment's notice. And I think where she decides to hide is a room where they stacked bodies, the discarded, the disposed, those whose backs were broken or they were no longer of use. And somewhere in her head, she had convinced herself this would be the last person or this would be the last place that they would look for her. So her in her late teens is going to be hiding in a corner Surrounded by the stench of death and decaying flesh and fear uh, in a room that's too cold but too hot simultaneously, uh, doing everything she can to be quiet despite the fact that she's panting and that she's hyperventilating uh, and that she's scared and that she's looking you know dead into the face of a woman that was kind to her last week Last week felt like forever ago uh, and I think she's going to sit with Annalise in that place of effective empathy, of... I understand.
0: And I think... this spirit... form of Annalise... is looking around... wide-eyed... not quite understanding... where she is... and you feel... those... cold, ghostly fingers... just sort of sliding... across your face... And you're half here, and you're half in this home in San Francisco. Mama's wearing this coat, long coat with a long skirt, 1930s style, with her hair pinned up. And she's looking at you, one hand on your shoulder, and saying, Mama has to go away for for a little bit we're going to we're going to make things better we're going to make a world for us and you're crying and you're begging mama not to go because mama's all you've had for all these years and she's, she says I'm doing this for us baby we're gonna, we're gonna make the world ours we're gonna get rid of the people who don't want us here. We're gonna, we're gonna make everything clean. It's all for you, baby girl. She just strokes your hair, just pulled back in a bow. I'll be back. And you're half looking at this memory and half looking at your own. And Annalise is pulling into you. As she's looking around in horror. And you get the feeling she never quite understood. Because she'd never actually seen it. Intellectually, she knew. She might be eight, but she's still 400. Mm Mm-hmm. When everything was over. When Mama somehow came back. And she was allowed to read some of the things in the papers. Intellectually... She knew, but emotionally she's eight and she could not process it. And she starts sobbing. And she curls up into a little spirit ball against your shoulder. And you can feel her pain and yours all at the same time. And it is overwhelming.
1: I don't think Monica can help it in this particular situation. I think between standing up watching her mother go and also kneeling in a corner as a door is opening and light is flooding in, I think she's just going to put a hand over Annalisa's mouth and just say, don't, they'll hear us. And then she's going to do everything she can to try to hit this particular moment with as much affection and protective energy as she can.
0: You extend this feeling around her. This protection, this you're not alone. This feeling that you wish you'd had at this time. That someone was there and someone cared and someone was going to make it okay. And you hear voices moving around outside in Japanese. And that just sort of makes you curl up tighter this memory and you feel as you're just sort of sinking into it you feel almost like you're being pulled into a morass because the strain of trying to help her and trying to keep yourself afloat is so much and the door opens to this storehouse and you don't remember It opening. You hid here until it was quiet and you snuck out. But the door opens. And this should not be possible because there's the warm Guam sunlight streaming in. And you see Chase walking in the door. In the broad sunlight. And this is not how it happened. And he comes up to you. And he kneels down next to the two of you. And he links hands with both of you and stares you in your third eye.
1: I think she's going to link with Annalise as well. So at least the three of them are tied together and she's going to look on.
0: Give her your best or you'll both be lost. The Best memory you have. What is it? Remember the sun and the warmth on your skin.
1: So I think she's going to close her eyes very tightly. She's going to squeeze both onto Chase's hand and to Annalise. There might be something to that. There might be something to, and I think the emotion, uh, the feeling, the memory hits Monica faster than it's hitting Bridget at this moment. Um, You know that blinding sunlight where it actually hurts to look up because everything looks either super yellow or super white? Um, but it feels amazing on your skin. It's that type of sunlight that when it hits your skin, you just feel rejuvenated and recharged and relaxed and optimistic. You feel like the entire world um, is ahead of you. There's the intense scent of ocean spray that's coming from the water. And it's a great contrast from like the lukewarm water to this just blazing, hyper hot sky. And she's looking around, and there are palm trees. And there are children laughing and splashing and swimming. And I don't know if Monica has actually revisited this memory in the last century. It's kind of hard to think back to how life was before the camps. Um, I think it was just a lot easier for her to start at the camps and move forward so she didn't have to address or reconcile everything that she had lost. But there was that summer long before the Japanese ever arrived um, where it was just the kids in her village out celebrating some local holiday where there was food that was being cooked and there was drinks and there was merriment and there was joy. And in situations like this, there wasn't just one family. It wasn't just you and your family. The village was a family. Every person you looked at was a cousin or brother. Every adult you looked at was one of your parents. And it was one of those things where it was just like the community at large was so strong, the faith was so strong, the culture was so pure, and that is one of the memories that immediately springs to her mind when Chase says, remember the sun.
0: And you feel the room around you shifting, and you feel the sun on your skin. You smell the salty air of the ocean lapping up against the beach. You feel the sand beneath your feet you're standing there Chase is standing next to you with his hands in his pockets because of course he's wearing a suit even in Third Island Annalise is standing next to you holding your hand clutching a ghostly figure of a doll in her other arm she seems more substantial there's still that aura around her but in the maybe it's the light or the sun reflecting off the ocean it seems a bit dimmer and she says I wish I remembered what the sun felt like. Can you feel it now? Is it supposed to be so warm? Yeah, that's part of its charm. I never saw a beach in the sunlight before.
1: Have you ever seen water like this? She's gonna motion over to just Guam waters are like Unlike anything people have ever seen, like the amount of colors that run through it is absolutely astonishing. It's just a collection of purples and greens and yellows and blues. And it's it's charming. It's beautiful. It's breathtaking.
0: No, it's kind of cold and gray in Europe. And then we came over in boxes on a ship and I didn't get to see anything. And then we never really left San Francisco when we got there. Mom said it was too dangerous to travel anywhere. She had a very good library, but you get very tired of books after a while when you're eight. I don't really have an attention span.
1: Monica's going to smile the most radiant, amused smile that she can muster. I think she's going to kneel down into the sand, uh, sift her fingers around a bit until she finds what she's looking for with on these beaches. It doesn't take long to her to you know pull out a, a fraction of a, a seashell. She's going to put it in Annalisa's hands. She's like, you know what you've missed out on? You missed out on a lot. But you know what I think you missed out on the most? Play. I think you were deprived of your childhood ability to play. So let's play. It's
0: hard to play when you want to eat the other kids. Yeah, but you're not feeling hungry now, are you? No. No. And she's looking up at you, and she takes your hand. And I'd like you to tell me how much humanity you are trying to heal in this child. Keep in mind, every point you heal for her is going to deal you aggravated willpower damage. Which can heal, but it takes longer and it's painful.
1: Mechanically speaking, from a numerical standpoint... What's the baseline that she needs to get to get the child operational? What is the minimum level that she needs to aim for for success? And then what is going to be a stellar success, just number-wise?
0: So Annalise is at five humanity, mechanically speaking. Six would probably remove the aura that small children see and that cats are terrified of. Seven would be... Probably the most you could do. So restoring to humanity and make her appear at least more of a normal child.
1: Nope, we're not even going to roll for it. We're going to go exactly what Monica would do in this particular situation, given what she's seen. We're going to go to the wall.
0: Okay. So she looks into your eyes and you channel every positive feeling you have ever experienced in your life, your unlife, everything. That third eye is swirling in a kaleidoscope of color, every color in the rainbow and beyond. And you pour more of yourself than you thought was possible into reaching out to this child. And you start to see this dark red energy around her shimmer and shift and turn crimson, pale red, pink. And then it just sort of ebbs away into the sea. And you see her eyes getting bigger and brighter. And she smiles. And it's the first natural smile, not a little smirk that you have seen from Annalise since you met her. And it's almost like she's forgotten something. You've taken something that was weighing her. And she laughs this clear, childish laugh against the sea. And it reminds you of your own little siblings when you were growing up playing on the beach. And she says, Bet you can't catch me. And she takes off running down the beach. But you feel almost like you've taken multiple punches to
1: the gut. Oh, that moment where she's getting ready to step out to chase her and then realizes her feet can't actually hold her up right now. And you shake
0: a little bit as Chase puts an arm around you and you sink to the sand. And you realize somehow your third eye, as it cycles back into its normal brown color, what you've done. Which is you have taken all of the emotions associated with these bad memories into yourself. And this is because of that uh, effective empathy. She will remember things. But she doesn't feel the pain and the guilt from her rampage through San Francisco, her first feeding, the fear of of being seen, being kept in a basement or in a library for years and years. You've taken that now. And Chase strokes your hair and kisses your forehead and he says, That's what it costs. And he sits down in the sand. You hear Annalise laughing in the distance as he pulls you down with him. You just sit in the sand against a rock. Watching the waves lap against the sand, the shore, birds circling overhead. And you know these memories will never be the same for you. they're always going to have that weight that you chose to take for the sake of this child. And I think that is where we will end this episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Bridget, for some fantastic roleplay. We hope you will tune in next time for our Coterie Reunited. And Monica can see what everyone else has been up to while she's been dealing with emotional trauma. In the meantime, thank you and good night.